going to get into God's word today. And I want, to, um, I want to preface this by saying this. Listen to me. The message I'm going to preach today, and the words I'm going to share, I'm currently living in my life right now, and it is working with amazing results. Okay? And I know every week you preach that, and it's got to, got to bear witness to me. I got to preach it with passion. But I got to tell you, we're talking about pursuing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We learned all about how great he was last week and who he is as a person, as a, the third member of the Godhead, the Trinity. But this week, as I heard that and I read the book, I said, how do I get what that book is talking about? How do I make that evident in my life? I need to pursue him. I need to press in more because me in my life, I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need to walk with him. The series we have is called With, Living Life With the Holy Spirit. That He's a partner. He lives in us. Jesus went back to heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. He said, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit who's going to be in you, who's going to be the God in you so that you can know Jesus, so that you can know the Father, right? And so I've been pressing in this week, and I'm, I want to take you with me. That's what this sermon is all about, is I want to invite you guys to come and chase after the Holy Spirit, basically surrender to him because he's already in you, and watch what can begin to happen in your personal life and in the life of our church as we really get lit up on fire with all of what the Holy Spirit wants to give us this morning and in our lives. Is that good? Okay, we're going to go for it this morning. Um, Remember, though, all three members of the Trinity play a vital role, and you cannot have one or two without all three, right? It's a package deal. That's just the way that God works, right? He has three distinctive roles. We saw that one verse, I think it's in 2 Corinthians, it talks about the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the communion with the Holy Spirit. So the father's role is love. He loved the world so much that he sent Jesus. He had the plan. He had the the plan for our lives. He loved us so much. But he needed Jesus and his grace that would enable him to go to the cross and the salvation message so that we could unlock that life. But then when Jesus went back to heaven, they needed the, the third member of the Godhead to begin working in our lives, which is the Holy Spirit, that we're supposed to commune with him. The word is that we would constantly be walking in partnership, in fellowship, and in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So look at it like this. Here's, I'm a simple guy, I gotta tell you this. So I like to put things in simple illustrations and pictures so I can understand them. And this is what God told me. It's kind of like this. Uh, how many of you have ever driven a car before? Just own a car, just driven a car, right? We know that driving is something that gives us new freedom to go places we couldn't go before because I walked down the block and I can only go about a block and I'm tired and I'm done, right? And when I got that car, suddenly I'm driving everywhere. I don't have to walk anywhere anymore. So now I get tired walking to the driveway and back. But thank God for the car, yeah? The car lets me go all around this whole island and everywhere I want to go. Well, look at it like this. Here's a trinity now. You ready for this one? Mind-blowing stuff here. (laughs) Not really. God's just trying to simplify it for guys like me that can't think too sharp. He goes, the car is like the role of Father God. He has something he wants to give you. This relationship, this plan that's going to enhance your life and give you freedom and give you all of this stuff. The problem is, unless I have the key, the car doesn't do me any good. See, here's the problem. God had this plan for us, but sin separated us from being able to take full advantage of his plan. So what did he do? Jesus Christ, my son, on the cross, on the cross, resurrected. There's your key to open that car and to start that car up. You see where I'm going with this, guys? You get the car, you get the key, but what do you need on a daily basis to make sure that that car operates and it gets you around? What do you got to fill? Gas, fuel, whatever, right? Diesel, if you drive a diesel or bacon grease or whatever you use, if you're one of those bio whatever cars, you know, but you need to put fuel in the car, right? And so here's the deal. God, the father, he's got the plan. There's a car that's available to you. 
You need Jesus to come in and unlock it, but you need to refuel on a daily basis with the power of the Holy Spirit so that car can drive. Does that make sense? Okay, does that simplify for anybody else out there? You kind of get it? Or is it just me? I'm just like, one and one equals two, Carl. Oh, thank you. But anyway, that's how I like to think about it. But let's talk about the Holy Spirit today. First, I want to talk about our need for the Holy Spirit. In other words, if I pursue the Holy Spirit, what's he going to do for me? What am I going to get out of it? Why should I think that it's not enough that when I met Jesus, I met God the Father and also met the Holy Spirit? So I already got him in my life, right? Yeah, that's true. You do already have him in your life. But what we're talking about is the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's powerful, but he's sensitive. He's not going to automatically come upon you in power and do all this stuff in your life. Why? Because here's the key word. It's a relationship. He wants you to ask him, to surrender to him, to do your part so that he can begin to move in your life. Does that make sense? It's a two-way relationship. So what we're going to talk about today is, is I want all that the Holy Spirit has for me, but I have to pursue him. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, let me give you a little bit of background from the word of God, not just my opinion, but let me give you some verses that would hopefully convince you that the Holy Spirit's powerful. He's real. He's in my life. I need to tap into that. I need to get with him. I need to be a part of all he has. So look at this verse, uh, list of verses that I have. It talks about why we need the Holy Spirit. Number one, he convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He guides us into all truth. You know what those two statements say? It says that for me, Carl Moore, I get confused sometimes in decision making in my life. And sometimes I can see right and wrong, and sometimes it's kind of gray, and I'm not really sure. And sometimes I have three choices. This one looks pretty good. This one looks pretty good. This one looks pretty good. Which one is best? I don't know what to do. But guess who comes alongside to guide me and give me truth and convict me of right and wrong, sin and judgment? The Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm not that bright on my own. I need some help. And the Holy Spirit says he comes to do that. It says in his word in some of these verses that he empowers us. That means he's, he's a God of spiritual power. The Holy Spirit is spiritual. And we get hung up in the church because we don't like to talk about spiritual stuff like, ooh, demons and Holy Spirit. And that's, ooh, that's kind of weird. I don't want people to think we're weird. Guess what? If you go out there and you ask the rest of the world about spiritual issues, everybody's got a story about spiritual powers out there. Everybody, you ever stopped around uh, the lunch table or something? You go, hey, you guys, oh, you guys ever heard like about ghost stories or things like that? Everybody's got a story. There's people that are going, you know what? There's stuff in my house right now. Every once in a while, doors shut, things happen. I see shadows in my room. I hear voices and stuff like that. The people out there in the real world that we're all trying to be safe and clean and not talk about that stuff in the church, the people in, in the real world are going, no, that stuff's real. I've seen stuff. I've seen the negative stuff. I know something's out there, and I'm really interested in that stuff. But what the Holy Spirit does for us is he says, the power is real. We don't live in a, a physical world. We live actually in a spiritual world where stuff is actually going on in the heavenlies. It's not all about what we can see, but there's more to life than that. But it says, he empowers us with God so that greater is he, the Holy Spirit that is in us, than all of that spiritual stuff that is out there in the world. Does that make sense? So we got to realize we live in a real world, but he empowers us to overcome that stuff. There's this quote I read by this author, Paula Dickerson. She said, when someone is down due to trials on earth, the evil sees an opening for attack. But you with, there's our word, you with God are more powerful than Satan every time. Is that a good word? That means the stuff you see and feel and that creepy and that weird stuff, it's real. It's really out there. But the Holy Spirit's job is to come and empower us so that we have power over that stuff and we don't have to fear that anymore. Can I get an amen to that? 
That's good. Some of you guys are going to sleep better at night knowing the Holy Spirit's in me. All I got to do is ask for his help and speak against it in the name of Jesus. And I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. We don't have to be afraid. But look at this. He teaches us how to pray. You know why I love that one? It's because too many times people tell me, oh, don't, don't ask me to pray. I pray junk. Oh, don't, don't, don't pick me in mini church. Like, hey, would you say grace for us? No, 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 not me, not me. I don't pray good. You know what this verse tells me, these verses, is that the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray. He intercedes for us. That means anybody sitting in this room right now that loves Jesus Christ and tries to offer any type of prayer to Jesus, to the God the Father, from a right heart, you cannot pray a junk prayer. Do you understand that? You do not have to be embarrassed or whatever. I don't know how to pray. Whatever comes out of your mouth that is partnered with the Holy Spirit who teaches you how to pray, who intercedes for you to the Father, is an amazing, wonderful, powerful, miraculous, life-changing prayer offered up to God, and he accepts it fully, no matter what it is, because the Holy Spirit is helping us. You guys get that? This is big. This is why I need the power of the Holy Spirit. He produces fruit in us of his work and proof of his presence. When you start walking with the Holy Spirit, you will see changes in your life. He will show you proof. He gives supernatural spiritual gifts and manifestations to and through the body. We're going to talk about that more in the weeks to come. He washes and he renews us. I love that. That means when I come to church or when I come to pray and meet with God, I can be as dirty and screwed up as I want to be and God still loves me. Do you guys get that? That you don't have to feel shame whenever you come into God's presence because you're not the one that does the washing. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the washing in your life. So if you came to church today and you're like, I don't want to make eye contact with anybody. If they only knew what I did last night. Guess what? God already knows what you did last night. And he goes, I love you as dirty as you are. Come here, you little sinner. I love you. Come give daddy a hug, you little dirty thing. I love you anyway. And you know what? You don't even have to try to be clean because my Holy Spirit will clean you up and wash you. Is that good? So we don't have to get all full of like this guilt all the time. We just give it to him. We let him wash us up. He speaks to, in, and through us. That's amazing to me that God, it's amazing to me that I stand at the back door and people come and they're like, oh, that was exactly what I needed for my life. That's exactly what I'm going through. Thank you, pastor. I didn't really have anything to do with it other than the fact that I studied, showed up, and I said, God, speak through me. Because it's God speaking to you. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, convicting you, edifying you, challenging you, encouraging you, whatever it is. That's awesome. I don't know how he does that through people, but he speaks through people. It says he brings freedom. Whatever you've been struggling with, the strongholds, the addictions, the attitudes, and you're going, why am I not getting free of this? I've been a Christian so long, it's not going away. Well, maybe you're just not chasing after the Holy Spirit hard enough because he is the one that brings freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You want freedom? Chase after the Holy Spirit. Live your life with him on the daily, not once in a while when you feel like you need it. Am I getting clear to you guys? This is our Holy Spirit. He fills our hearts with God's love. I heard a story last week that, that John was preaching in here about the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence was here. People were being touched and moved and one lady had to go outside and just cry because she was overwhelmed with the love of God that was happening in this room. But you know what made that possible? The Holy Spirit. He enables us to fill our hearts with God's love, to actually feel something, not just be a part of religion, but to feel the connection. My God really loves me. My parents maybe never have loved me. The people in this world are, treat me bad, and I don't really feel love. But when I come into God's house and I'm in his presence, the Holy Spirit lets me feel the love of God. Is that good? This is the Holy Spirit. He enables us to cast out demons. We're going to get into that too. Demons are real. It's, it's, it's real. We live in a spiritual world. It says he helps us. And in John 14, 26, the Amplified Version says, but the comforter, this is Jesus talking, the comforter, who is the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. That is why we need to live our lives with the Holy Spirit every single day. You guys believe that? Okay, here's an example that I was reading on Facebook, this, this article um, that I found online. And I thought it was really interesting because I thought it applied to the Holy Spirit. Let me show you a picture of this guy real quick. Do you have that picture we can show up there? Anybody, everybody recognizes this guy, right? Everybody knows who that is? No, we have one guy, literally one guy all weekend, one man right here, Paul, for some reason, he is smarter than everybody else. I don't know, Paul, that's amazing. But one guy knows who this guy is. This guy's name is Max Martin. Guys are like, yeah, still don't know anything. Doesn't ring any bells, right? Listen to this about this guy. If at any point in the last 20 years, you've heard a song from the Backstreet Boys or Britney Spears or NSYNC or Kelly Clarkson, Taylor Swift, Ace of Bass, Katy Perry, Celine Dion, Bon Jovi, Adam Lambert, Carrie Underwood, Pink, or Justin Bieber, the Biebs. If you've heard any of those guys sing, then you've unwittingly been subject to the creations of a Swedish-born musical genius who goes by the name of Max Martin. And there he is, right? It says he's personally responsible as a songwriter for churning out more Billboard singles than Michael Jackson and Madonna combined. And since he is essentially unrecognizable to the average person, we just proved that, right? That makes him the most famous, non-famous person on the planet, okay? Sounds familiar, yeah? Listen to this. It says, um, he first started out his career by helping with Ace of Bass on their first record. You guys remember Ace of Bass? I saw the sign. You guys remember that one? Sorry about that. Um, well, that was this guy's first project. It sold him over six million copies. Then he went, to, went on to go work with the Backstreet Boys, and he co-wrote the singles, Quit Playing Games With My Heart, right? And uh, As Long As You Love Me and Everybody Backstreet's Back. Arguably, arguably the, the three most popular songs on the band's self-titled debut album. The album went on to sell more than 10 million copies worldwide. What's perhaps most remarkable about Martin's career is the consistency in which he churns out the songs that find their way into the ears of millions of people around the globe. The list goes on and on and on of all the people he's, he's turned out um, songs for. There aren't enough metaphors to properly describe his success. He's like the Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Roger Federer, Muhammad Ali, Michael Phelps, and Usain Bolt of music. This guy is the real deal, right? He's powerful. It says, um, through his songwriting and producing, he's earned a personal net worth of over $250 million. That's right. This guy's worth a quarter of a billion dollars, and you've probably never heard his name. He's won ASCAP's Songwriter of the Year Award six times. His most recent number one single is Katy Perry's Roar, which has been nominated for several Grammys, including Song of the Year. He also contributed to the album Red by Taylor Swift, which has been nominated for Album of the Year. Whether you love the songs or hate them, whether you can admit that behind the corniness of As Long As You Love Me is a pop mastermind or not, one thing's for certain. Max Martin isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Maybe if some, some of the accolades and records keep piling up, people might actually start knowing his name and face. Isn't that funny that this guy has so much songwriting power and ability and talent, and yet there's only a few artists that have known about him and tapped into him and what he's done for them is he's changed their lives. He brought in millions of fans. He's brought in popularity. He's brought in millions of dollars for all of these artists because they knew that a relationship with this guy and pursuing his musical talent is going to bless their lives and, and open up their careers. Now, here's the thing. 
There's only some people on planet Earth in the family of God that are actually recognizing the power and value of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and they're tapping into them, and they're experiencing life in a whole new arena. I got to tell you guys, in the past couple weeks, I'm one of those guys, and I'm trying to be one for the rest of my life, and I'm asking you, do you want to be someone like that too? Do you want to recognize probably the most famous, non-famous person in the Trinity and be exposed to all of the value and the power that he could bring you in your life? Yes? Okay, then come with me. We're gonna tell, I'm going to tell you today how to pursue the Holy Spirit, how to pursue a relationship with him, because, man, this stuff is working in my life, and I'm blown away, and I can't wait to share with you. But I want to give you practical stuff, right, because I'm a practical guy. I don't want to keep you up in the spiritual clouds. I want you to know, Carl, give me some stuff I can start doing that would help me to pursue the Holy Spirit because I want that stuff in my life. So write this down. Here's the first thing in how to pursue the Holy Spirit. This is vital before you move any further in the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number one, check your motives. Number one, check your motives. Before you get into any relationship and you pursue any relationship, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? You got to check, why am I getting into this thing? Is it for my, my glory? Do I want to date this girl because she's hot and everybody's going to think I'm awesome and I got good taste or whatever? Why am I getting into this relationship? Why am I trying to seek the Holy Spirit? Matthew 6, 1 says, hey, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is going, check your motives. As you start becoming a Christian, as you start seeking things of the Spirit and wanting to be more godly, Make sure you're not doing it for the wrong motives. Yeah, I got I to gotta repent of something to you guys. My, one of my first, my first girlfriend ever, years ago, I was dating her with the wrong motives. Now, I was third grade, <laughs> and I agreed to be this girl's boyfriend, and here's my motive. She had money, and she would buy me Rubik's Cubes and candy bars, Okay. In the third grade, that meant a lot, right, to me. And I thought, you know, I don't really like her. I'm not really stoked on girls right now. But this awesome new toy was invented called the Rubik's Cube. And I really liked them. And she just kept giving them to me, like, every day. I had the keychain. I had the real size one, the glow-in-the-dark one, the round one. I had all of them. And then when she ran out of that, she bought me this. See if you guys remember this. The snake. Anybody remember the snake? It straightened out into a long line, but you could twist it into all these shapes. And who remembers the snake? Come on, this is 70s stuff right here, right? She bought me the snake, a couple of those. And then she started giving me candy bars. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go out with you. I don't even like you, but I like what you do for me, right? And after two weeks, she discovered my motives were not pure, that I was only after what I could get from her. And she was done. And there was my experience. I was in my first bad relationship, wrong motives. You guys get what I'm trying to say? We can go to the Holy Spirit and be all stoked on him. Yeah, that's awesome. He gives all these gifts and all the. Hey, I want the gift of healing because that'll make me look good. I'll walk around in Jesus' name and heal people. That's awesome. I want that kind of stuff. He's going, nope, that's not why you seek him. Wrong motives, wrong heart. If you're looking to show off or gain knowledge or, or just to, to focus on the gifts and you're not focused on the giver, you're blowing it, right? He says, have the right motives. Here's what King David said to his son. His son was going to be taking over his throne, Solomon. David's like, I'm on my way out of this life. I'm old. I'm going to die. I'm going to be with the Lord. But Solomon, you're going to be the king. I want you to take this stuff seriously. First Chronicles 28, verse 9, he says, Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. See that word? Remember that last week we said that the Holy Spirit wants to be intimate with us? That if we're going to dwell in, in, in his presence and, and take upon us his power and let him help us, we have to be intimate with him. And here's David going, son... I want you to know God, but you know him intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart. 
and a willing mind. Make sure your motives are right. He says, for the Lord sees every heart and he knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. Man, I got to tell you, the past couple weeks in my life, God has been saying, Carl, check your motives. If you really want to go here, stuff's going to happen. You're going to know me in a new way. And I want you to take your church with you. But check your motives before you start pursuing the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you together as a body, that we're going forward because we just want to know God more. We want intimacy. We want the reality of what life is when every moment of your life, you're surrendering to him. And the helper is there, so you're asking for his help. The comforter is there. You're asking for his comfort. The one that gives you power and boldness is right there to fill you and to embolden you. And I've been pressing in, guys. Stuff has been going down in my life. It's been like a crazy week of amazing good stuff. And I want to share that with you. But you know, one of the things that puts me in the right place with my motives in the right heart better than anything is when I enter into worship. See, I sit in worship, the singing of the songs, when we, we really give God glory and we give him value and worth. I sit in that five times on a weekend because I'm here for five services a weekend, right? I preach five times. And so Friday night, Saturday night, three Sunday mornings, I get the opportunity, the chance, the privilege to readjust my life and put myself in alignment properly to check the motives of my heart. Because when you come into worship, it's not about you. You guys understand that? So whether you like the music or not, doesn't matter. It's not for you. It's not for you. Sorry to burst your bubble. I don't like this song. We always sing this song. Too bad. It's for God, not you. Shut up. Oh, okay. That's what worship is all about, isn't it? Think about it. We, I don't like this music. Or I don't listen. Wherever I go around the world, around the island, wherever I go, different churches, even our own church, we play some of the songs quieter, you know, set, uh, Sunday morning, 7, 7 a.m. We don't want to wake the neighbors, so we kind of downplay it a little bit. Or our different services are different, or there's a little bit different songs. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think or what I feel. It's not for me. It's for God. And when I come into worship, what that does is it puts me in check. Where's your motives? What are you here for? Who are you singing to? Who's more important in this room right now? Oh, that's right. And so I'm going to tell you, as we pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives, make sure your motives are correct. You're doing it because you want partnership, you want to work with, you want to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit in your life. Is that good? It's got to start with that. Your motives got to be right going into any relationship. Here, number two, be open to what he wants to do. Open. Be open to what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. It would equate with the word surrender. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, the stuff that you know and you can see, but instead, let God, there's the key words in that whole verse, let God, be open, be submitted, God, you do what you want to do, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, be open to God changing the way you think, then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Look at what Jeremiah the prophet said in chapter 10, verse 23, Jeremiah gets it. He understands his place with God and that he's supposed to be open to what God has. He says, I know, Lord, that our lives, they're not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. So he says this. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. <laughs> he knows the power, right? He says, don't correct me in anger for I would die. Just please. I know that it's not about me. I don't make my own plans. It's you, God. So correct me where I'm wrong. Let me be open to the things you want to show me. But take it easy on me because if you're mad at me, I'm going to die. But just take it easy. But Jeremiah had the right heart. There's a girl in our church, a woman in our church. She grew up in a church where they didn't really stir up and recommend and believe on and inspire the things of the Holy Spirit. 
They knew that he's there. He's in the Bible, but we're not going to talk about him too much. You know, like that was for the, the, the New Testament days with the church and they needed the Holy Spirit's power then. They don't, we don't need him anymore. Well, she grew up in that kind of a church setting where we don't really explore the stuff about the Holy Spirit. You don't really need him so much. Then she goes on this mission trip couple months of training, right? Getting taught how to minister before you go out into the world and, and you, you're going to go into the darkness and you're going to go and bring Jesus to people that need to know him. You got to get some training. So she's listening to all the training and everything. And then they, they bring in some guys talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about what the Holy Spirit can do and the power that's available and, and how he can change your life and the fruit that you should be experiencing and that it's really real. And she's going, uh-oh, I don't know about this stuff because I've been brought up thinking this kind of stuff. And I don't know, they're saying stuff from the Bible, but I don't think that's really what it means in there. And so she calls her dad back home. Dad, I don't know if I can handle anymore. I think I'm going to come home. This is a little bit confusing. And the dad goes, okay, but maybe, you know, how about you just do this? Hang in there a little while longer and be open to what God wants to do with you. And this is the dad that comes from the church where they're not super stirring up the things of the Holy Spirit. But he just says, for whatever reason, just be open. So she made the decision right then and there. I'm going to stay and I'm going to be open. I'm going to give God a chance. I'm going to let him possibly change the way I think. She said from that moment on, she was open. She said God just opened her eyes spiritually to realize the power of the Holy Spirit that was going on all around her. And some of the stuff that she didn't believe in before she thought was weird, she realized she saw people speaking in tongues and it wasn't weird. It was actually doing good things and people were feeling good and they're doing it the right way with order, like it says in the Bible. And wait, that's actually kind of a good thing. We're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. So don't tune out on me now because I brought that up and you're like, I'm out of here. I'm not coming back. What's my point? Be open. Just listen and see what God might have for you. She started watching on the mission trip how valuable the Holy Spirit was in bringing physical healings to people that she thought that stuff only happens back in Bible days. It's not supposed to happen now, right? In the power of the Holy Spirit, people were getting healed. People were getting set free from the demonic. People were experiencing the joy and the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Tears were coming. Lives were being enhanced. And she said as she opened herself up to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in her life, she changed. She's been a Christian. She knew she was going to heaven. She was saved. But when she began to pursue the Holy Spirit and be open to him in a whole new light, her faith increased. She didn't pray prayers like, God, if it's your will and you feel like you want to do it, you don't really have to do it, but you might want to get around to doing it. If you do, you could maybe do something to heal this guy, right? She got rid of those prayers and said, God, I believe in Jesus' name and in the authority that you've given me and the power of your Holy Spirit. I claim healing on this person's life. And the results aren't up to me, but I'm going to pray in faith. Her prayer life got enhanced and she started seeing more of those prayers being answered because she was open to what the Holy Spirit was trying to do. You guys get what I'm trying to say here? She started worshiping differently. She found that she couldn't go back home to the same church because once she had tasted the goodness of the Holy Spirit and the power and the message, she started having words of wisdom and, and knowledge and prophecy for other people. And she goes, how do I know this stuff about you? And they're going, I don't know how you know that about me, but that's the Holy Spirit. He knows it. He's speaking through you. And she said her eyes were open and all because at one point in her life where she could have said, I'm coming home because I don't believe this stuff. Or she chose to say, I'm going to be open, God. You do what you need to do. You're God. I'm not. Let's see what's going to happen right there. You guys get what I'm trying to say is in pursuing the Holy Spirit, you got to make sure that you're open. Because here's the third thing is we need to let go of the past ideas, fears, and bad experiences. A lot of people say this. I'm scared to go into that spiritual stuff because what if I start praying that and like something demonic comes on me and I get really scared of the spooky stuff and I don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. What about that tongues thing? And what about this? And what about all of that kind of stuff? We get scared, and so you know what we do? We shut off the chances of the Holy Spirit doing anything at all because we don't want to dabble with any of that at all. 
we throw the baby out with the bathwater. So I'm not going to ask for Holy Spirit stuff because something scary might come. Let me tell you this. Do you honestly think that when you're seeking God in his name out of a heart of love, the God that loves you, do you think it's his personality to trick you and to give you a demon when you're asking for the Holy Spirit? You think your God would do that to you? Look what Jesus said in Luke 11, 11. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, listen to this. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That means we need to get rid of all of those fears and bad experiences. And again, I'm going to echo what John Bevere said. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. He's God and he's good. Amen? People are weird and you may have had bad experiences or stuff with weird people or things that you thought were scary in the past. Don't let that stop you from pursuing him because when God shows up, sometimes it gets a little messy, but it's worth the mess if God shows up in your life and he does a miracle. Amen? So we got to be people that are not afraid of the things that we have thought about in our past, but we're going to press in with new eyes and we're going to seek the things of the Holy Spirit. We're going to trust him because the other way that we're going to be able to avoid the mess is if we know the facts. Write that one down. How to pursue the Holy Spirit? You better know the facts. You better go to your Bible and see what the Bible says. Because if things get a little bit weird and people get out of line, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to check and test it with the word of God. He brings order. He tells us how we should operate in these things, how we should seek the spirit. He'll clean stuff up for you. But you got to take the risk and press in. But here's what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Two really strong verses. First Thessalonians 5.19, it says this real clearly. Do not stifle or quench the Holy Spirit. Period. Boom. Right there. If you want the Holy Spirit to be active in your life, don't hold him back. Don't stifle him. Don't quench him out. Do not scoff at prophecies. And he's not saying that you would take every prophecy that people come or things that you think are supernatural and just go with everything. Oh, I trust it all. Look at what he says in the next line. But test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Again, I'll say it again. People are weird, but God is good. And so if things get a little bit weird and you're not sure if that's of the Lord or of the Holy Spirit, what do you do? You test it. Go to the word of God and say, does this line up with what God's teaching and what he's done before and the experiences I can see in scripture? If it does, then you're going, I'm going to be open to this thing. God might have a word for me. He might have something to do with me. If it seems a little bit out of line and you like, you prayed over it and you talked to other Christians for confirmation and you checked it with the word of God and you're going, I'm not sure that's from God. Well, you don't suddenly go, because it's not from God, I'm never going to pursue the Holy Spirit ever again. No, it doesn't say that. It says, test it and hold on to what's good. And whatever is not of God, just let that stuff go. Don't judge the person. Just say, no, that runs really from God for me, but thanks for trying anyway. We got to be family. We got to be a place where we can practice hearing from the Holy Spirit. And it is going to be a little bit messy, but he's given us the word of God. If we know the facts, then we can see how it compares to the standard. Am I making myself clear? You guys get that? We don't need to be afraid of something because God has given us clarity with the word of God and with our own spirit that would tell us whether it's, it's good or it's not. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're pressing in. Guys, I'm pressing in in my life, and I know that sometimes it gets a little bit weird and a little bit messy. But I'm confident that my God is bigger and smarter and better than that, and he's going to help me sort through it. And the stuff that's good that's of him, he's going to bless me with it. And the stuff that's not of him, then I can just ignore, and it's no big deal. So we need to not be afraid of things that have happened in our past. As you go to the source, which is the word of God, realize that the spirit of God always aligns with the word of God. He can't 
not do that. He has to line up so he can test it. So you read books like Corinthians and Galatians and, and Thessalonians where it talks about the Holy Spirit. Read the Acts where Jesus himself talks about the Holy Spirit. Go to the source, read the Gospels, read Acts, read all of these books, and you're going to see that the Holy Spirit everywhere is stirred up. I've been reading the Word with new eyes lately. I've been reading the Word for every time it talks about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I've been highlighting them on my little Bible YouTube U version thing, right, on my little app. I've been highlighting every, every verse that talks about the Holy Spirit, and you'd be amazed at how many times the Holy Spirit is mentioned. And I've read right over those things, glossed right over them, and I thought, oh, they're just talking about God here but they're specifically saying things about the Holy Spirit. It's coming alive to me in new ways. I'm getting really excited. I don't have all the answers, but I can go to the source. The Word of God has all the answers. Amen? So we, we do have the Bible. Here's another practical thing. If you're trying to pursue the Holy Spirit and get to know Him, hang out with people that know Him well. Write that down. Hang out with people that know Him well. When you're first dating someone and you want to find out about that girl or guy or whatever, what do you do? You go ask the friends. Hey, what, what can you tell me about her? I think she's pretty cute. Hey, what, what periods does she have? Because am I in her class? You go and you talk to people that know them, right? Don't you? No, nobody does that. When you're trying to get to know someone, you ask the friends a lot of times. And here's what I think, is that God has put people in my life that have walked longer being more open to the Holy Spirit than I have. There's people that I know that I look at their life and they are hooked up to the source. They're, God's working in their life through the Holy Spirit on the daily. And I want to be like that. And it's like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If you're trying to follow Christ, follow someone that follows him, that knows him well, so that you can learn to do that on your own. See, Timothy, the young apostle, right, the disciple of Paul, had Paul speaking into his life. He says this in 1 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Hey, Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spirit, spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That Paul was close to the Holy Spirit, and he was telling Timothy, hey, fan into flames the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. He's real, and let me be your greatest cheerleader and coach to encourage you to grow. That's why we're, we make such a big deal about connecting to God's family, getting involved in mini church, meeting other people in the body of Christ, because we all have different resources that we can give to one another. I have people that I go to when I'm going, man, I need a word from the Lord. I need some clarity. I need someone to pray with me. There's people I go to that are stronger and more mature in walking with the Holy Spirit than me. And I'm not afraid or embarrassed or ashamed to say that I don't have all the answers. I go to the body of Christ who can resource me. And I go to these people and they give words to me. They pray for me. They encourage the gifts that God has given me, right? And I learn from them. So here's practical advice. Hang out with people that know the Holy Spirit well and teach, ask them to teach you how to get to know them that much better. And then here's the last thing that I think is most important as we pursue the Holy Spirit in our lives is that the greatest thing that we can do to pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit is this, one-on-one -on -one prayer time. One-on-one -on -one prayer time. Get to the point where you're going directly to the source, to Him, and you're communing, you're talking to Him, you're getting to know Him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. See, I believe that prayer, one-on-one -on -one time, is supposed to be a continual, ongoing conversation, right? You don't just go to them when you need something, but you're constantly walking with the Holy Spirit, sharing everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. First Thessalonians 5.17 tells us, never stop praying. Pray continually. Pray constantly. Pray without ceasing. It says it differently in a bunch of translations, but it's basically saying, never stop praying. And the more that I've been tapping into this in my life in the past week or two, 
as I'm realizing that everywhere I go all the time, not just in church, not just when it's appropriate, it's always appropriate to share your whole life with the Holy Spirit. If he's the helper, I need help all the time. I don't just need help once in a while. So every decision, every worry, every fear, I'm running by him. Because remember when John said, hey, if you drive over to Honolulu 20 minutes in the car and your partner's right there and you don't talk to him, that's rude, you're ignoring him. The Holy Spirit actually lives in me. It says in scripture, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He's always with me. If I'm not talking to him, then that's rude. Then I'm not taking advantage of all that he has to offer me. So the other day, I'm driving my kids to school. Drop off the kindergartner, drop off the seventh grader. I'm driving home and suddenly some thoughts and some worries start popping up in my head. Oh, remember this bad stuff that happened in your not too long ago past? Oh, the fear started popping up. Oh, what if that starts happening again? I start focusing on that. And so immediately I remember, wait, I'm supposed to be praying all the time. The Holy Spirit's here with me right now. He's here to help me. So Holy Spirit, I ask you just help me right now. Help me put, put away those fears. I don't know how to get rid of them. They're, they're worrying me right now and I'm freaking out and I don't like that. And you know what happened? I kid you not, my screen on my dashboard in my stereo that it has one of those little screens, right, for DVDs and for, it's basically I bought it for the reverse camera so that I don't back over any of my kids when I'm coming out the driveway, right? Because that freaks me out as a father. I've heard those stories and I'm just like, God, there's kids in my neighborhood. I, so I bought this thing, right, for peace of mind because my kids are small, my daughter. And so as I'm praying, listen to this, as I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you're here with me. You're constantly wanting to hear my prayers. You yearn to have intimacy and consistency with me. I'm going to throw my worries onto you right now. Boom, the screen pops on. And you know what's on the screen as I'm driving? The reverse camera showing me the, where I'm driving away from, right? And I'm going, that's not possible. That's only possible if your car's in reverse gear, right? You guys understand that? When you go in reverse, it's supposed to show you. Otherwise, it's supposed to show me what's on my iPod and what radio stations I'm listening to and that normal stuff. Right as I'm praying and freaking out, oh God, that stuff, it's gonna come back to get me. Boom, the screen goes on and here's the Holy Spirit moment. God showed me in one second what that message was for right there. And usually guys, I'm too dumb to pick up on that stuff right away. It takes me a while. Why is that thing on? Stupid machine, right? And I'm freaking out. God tells me right away, the Holy Spirit shows me right away. You know why that's on there? Look at how far you've come from your past. Leave those things behind you. Look at how far you have come from those problems. Put them behind you. I'm taking you forward. And I was just like, whoa, chicken skin right there, right in the car. And I went, oh my gosh, God, you gave it to me right there. But how did that stuff happen in my life? Because I'm pressing in and I'm talking to him all the time. God's going to begin to speak to me in new ways. And you know what? It took me 20 minutes the next day to try to figure out how to reprogram that stupid thing and get it back to normal. I have no way of telling you guys how that thing turned on. It's never done that before. But I'm just going to say, I don't even care. I take that as my God giving me that information to say, Carl, leave the past behind. Look how far away you're moving away from that kind of stuff. Eyes forward, this is what I have for you. The Holy Spirit came to me right as I lifted up that word. You guys get what I'm saying? Constant talking and sharing your life, he's going to begin to respond to you. Don't you guys want that kind of stuff happening in your life? I've had two words for me this past week. Two prophetic words, words of wisdom spoken over me by two different people in this church, two times. And that doesn't happen all the time, but as I've been pressing in, God is beginning to speak through other people. You know what the words were? It's stuff that people who don't know me at all, don't know anything about my, wife, my life. Some, someone came to this service last week, visiting for the first time, right? And they said, who's that guy up on the stage? Oh, that's our lead pastor. Oh, okay. God just told me a vision for this guy right? And they shared this vision. They didn't even want to tell me because they're too scared because they don't know me. But they told someone else and someone else came and told me. And when they told me the vision, I almost started crying because I'm like, that is God speaking into my life. There's no way that person could know anything. Thank you, God. As I'm 
continually pressing in one-on-one -on -one prayer time with you, you are talking right back to me. And I had two amazing prophetic words in my life just in one week alone. And then I had that deal with my dashboard you know, thing and oh my gosh, my life is changing. I'm passionate about this stuff. Guys, we need to pursue the Holy Spirit. He wants us to continually talk to him. And you know what I could say? Here's another practical thing is find a place where you can meet with him on a regular basis. Just like me and my wife, we have our favorite restaurants, right? We do date night at. It's comfortable. We like it. We love the atmosphere. It's easier for us to have a good time. Develop that kind of a place. Even in scripture, in Matthew, Jesus said, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to the Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Find a place that you can go. Maybe it's that comfy chair where you can have devotions and coffee in the morning. Maybe it's like me. I go surfing. Lots of people out there in the water, but surfing is an individual sport. So I'm sitting on my own board looking at the creation that God has created around me. And you know what I'm doing most of the time while I'm waiting for waves? I'm praying. Not out loud, right? Because people would be paddling away from me like, that guy's crazy. I'm not like, God, today is a great day. You know, I don't do that when I surf, just so you know. I'm sitting there, but I'm in my mind. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, you're here with me on the surfboard. Help me do good today. You know, like, thank you for these ways. But I talk to him about everything. I have my spots. When I go home, I have the shower. That's my prayer closet. I go in there. I leave everybody else for something about the water. I don't know. I'm supposed to be a fish, but I love being in God's creation, just in the water but I meet with him, but find a prayer spot. It's practical. You want to start having a relationship? Have a place where you meet with him that's just you and him. And here's the last thing I have that I think is so vital. I've learned to develop this in my life. It's finding times to have silence in his presence. That's a big one. Write that one down. Silence in his presence. Problem with us is we love to talk too much. We love to hear ourselves talk. And we love to go over all the worries and all the cares. And God is like, you know what? There's times you just need to shut up because I'm trying to talk to you. Just calm down, Carl. Be quiet, right? Here's what the word says, Zephaniah 1.7. Stand in silence in the presence of the sovereign Lord. Isaiah 30.15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved in quietness and confidence is your strength. There's times in our day when we need to practice the mini Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath is the day that we get away from everything and we just take it easy and we, we concentrate on the things of the Lord and enjoy our life and refresh and refill and renew. Well, throughout your day, you need to do that when you pray. Because you need to have time. Sometimes it can be 30 seconds. No phone calls, don't look at the computer, don't look at the phone. Close the door in your office, at school, at home, whatever. Just 30 seconds to stand in silence in God's presence. and listen instead of talking. Shut your yapper and listen. Listen to what he has to say. I can't tell you how that throughout my day, if I, I do a few of those throughout the day, 30 seconds, two minutes or whatever, and I'm quiet and I just listen, that he either talks to me and gives me guidance and I'm blessed, or sometimes he doesn't speak, but he just gives me rest. And all the anxiety and the worries and the problems that I got going on, stuff on my desk, stuff on my computer, they go away when I just sit there. And this is what's going on in my spirit. God, I'm small and you are big. You are God and I am not. You are here with me right now and I'm all ears. Just speak to me. And I just get quiet. And I, sometimes I literally will, no one's around, right? I'll raise my hands or get on my knees. I'll just take a posture that says, I'm humbled before you because I'm pursuing a relationship with the Holy Spirit because I need him every single day. I want all of his power. I don't care if people don't recognize the power. I want to be the one that recognizes his power. I'm seeking him. Is that a good word today? So we need to be people that pursue. Why? Because he's waiting to be asked. He's not going to force himself on you. You know him. He's in you, 
But he's kind of sitting there quietly waiting to see if you're going to ask him and ask for his help. He's waiting. He's yearning to be with you. But you got to ask. you got to pursue him. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we love you and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all the, the blessing, the power, and the, the, the healing, and the boldness, and the gifts, and the fruits, everything that comes from knowing you and knowing your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would create us to be a church that really is serious about getting to know you. I pray that, Lord, that we would begin to pursue you in new ways. Lord, I've been, I've been pursuing you this week and it's been paying off in my life. Lord, I, I've had a couple amazing words from you. I've had the thing with my car stereo. Lord, there's other things you've been doing. As I begin to pray and, and share everything with you constantly and continually, Lord, I'm finding that my prayers are getting answered way faster. That this week has been a week of ups and downs, but I'm finding peace in the midst of it so much faster than before. I realize, Holy Spirit, that it's only as I tap into you and live life with you and surrender to you that you can move in those mighty ways. I pray that for my brothers and sisters in this church, that they would go with me, that they would press in deeper, that they would continue to pursue you in ways they never have before, that they would be open and they would leave all the past preconceived ideas and experiences behind to simply get intimate with you and be open to what you could do in their lives. Lord, I pray that as we start doing that, that we are going to see the fruit, we're going to see the gifts, we're going to see people moving and walking in more power. The past week or two that I've been having is going to be evident in the lives of all of these people together, Lord, and we are going to be a mighty force to be reckoned with, and we're going to begin to change lives even better and change this world around us with more authority and more power because we are walking with you every step along the way. Lord, I pray that people today, I would have at least piqued their interest. That people would have gotten curious to just try to step out and learn a little bit more and to begin to pursue you more, Father God. That's my heart for us as a church, that we would chase after you. I pray right now, second prayer with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed. If you have never taken the first step in connecting with God and having a relationship with him and, and begin even begin to experience any of that power of the Holy Spirit, but maybe you're just at a place where you've never really truly taken God seriously and you've never surrendered your life to him and told him and chose chosen that you're going to follow after him as he leads you well if that's you I want to say a prayer with you right now with you and for you that would allow you to be privy to God's plans for your life that you'd open yourself up to him and you would realize the power and the love of God and the transformation the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you and if that's you and you're ready at a, a point in your life right now, right here to say, yes, God, I want all that you have for me. I need more to life than what I've been living and I believe you're the answer. Then I want to lead you in a prayer right now and you're going to pray it with me. I'm going to pray the words out loud. I'm just going to ask you to pray it in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud right now. God's looking at your heart right now. Sometimes we get fired up and we give lip service and we don't mean it. But I want this to be from the heart right now. And after service, you can confess with your mouth. You can tell someone, hey, I pray that prayer. I'm a Christian now. God loves that. He eats that up. He's glad that you're proud of him. But right now, let's, let's take care of the heart right now. And I'm going to pray the words of this prayer with you and for you. I'm going to ask that you just kind of pray it along with me in your heart of hearts. And with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I'm just going to ask, if you want to pray this prayer with me, you just raise your hand and hold it high just to let me know, to be accountable, to say, yes, pastor, I'm praying with you this morning. I want God. I want to be a Christian. I want the Holy Spirit. I want everything. And if that's you on the count of three, just lift your hand if you would. One, two, three. And then we're going to pray that prayer. I see one hand right over here. I see two hands. I'm looking around. Anybody else? I see any more hands. I see two hands in the room. If I don't, I don't, if I don't see you, there's another hand. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for those hearts. I see three people this morning. Thank you. If that was you, go ahead and put your hands down this morning, and I want you just to pray this with me in your heart. God, real simple is I need you. I want you. I need more. I need some help here. I believe in you. I believe that you've got answers for my life. So, Lord, here's my life. Not just a prayer, but here's my life, Lord. This is the start of a relationship that I'm going to live out all the days of my life on into eternity when I get the blessed privilege to see you face to face. So, Lord, here's the start of something amazing as I tell you that I believe in you. I believe in Jesus, your son, that came down to this earth to be the key that would unlock the car to get the car moving. Lord, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, pay the price for me so that I wouldn't be eternally separated from you. I believe that he rose from the dead to prove the power of God to have freedom over death, over guilt and shame and sin and hurt and issues and baggage in my life. And I receive that right now. I believe what Jesus did. I receive it. And Lord, along with receiving that, I receive the power of the Holy Spirit in my life that is going to help me to live your commands, to walk it out, to get to know you, to see changes in my life. But I believe that you've set me free, that from this moment on, I'm a changed person. Even if I don't feel anything dramatic right now, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to see it as I begin to follow after you, as I receive the power of your Holy Spirit to walk through life and to, to do amazing things to change me. Thank you for loving me. Lord, help me as I continue to read your Bible, as I, as I continue to press in in prayer, that I can't pray any junk prayers because the Holy Spirit's partnering with me. As I begin to receive baptism, as I receive the, the filling of the Holy Spirit to move in power in my life, I need that help. I want that. Lord, everything that you have for me as I get connected to the body of Christ and I, and I press into what you have for me, I just thank you because I know you're going to change me. I look forward to what you're going to do. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me your child starting here today, this morning in church. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And in Jesus' name, the church all said, amen, amen. Praise God for those people that prayed with us this morning.